Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Swinging Pizzagate. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker. And for those who are unfamiliar with the program, what we typically do is we make bets on the playoff games. Now, what we've done is, instead of betting money on this, because we're both poor, we've decided to make the other person watch a terrible TV episode of our choosing whenever someone gets a bet wrong. So, okay, so I was wrong about the Kansas City Chiefs. They fucked me again. And the, who was it, the Rams? The Rams lost too, so the Rams ended up losing. I have to admit, I thought the Rams had a chance. I thought they had a really good offense, but it's like a good friend Alex said. They're probably about a year away. So I was sentenced at your behest to watch the first two episodes of, I can't believe I'm saying this, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Masters or Duel Monsters or whatever the fuck it was called. Now, a bit of background here. I never watched this show growing up, so I don't... I have no idea what it's about. And I have an idea. This this show came out about one of the time I realized I was no longer into this kid shit anymore. I remember my friends used to play it at the lunch tables. So I was like, guys, I, I cannot get into this. I had sports practice. I couldn't do this. So it was a little hard for me to uh, see the appeal of this. But I had, I guess, some basic familiarity with the game. It was kind of like Magic the Gathering, but with worse art. So, And with bigger numbers, too. So... I put that first episode in, and right away it starts off with Ancient Egypt, and I, I thought I was watching an episode of <laughs> Mummies Unleashed. Turns out the young ancient kings, I didn't know there was more than one, played Shadow Games, which erupted into a war that threatened to destroy the world, uh, and then a pharaoh sealed the magic away. So apparently the monsters got out of hand, and everyone got in trouble, and he imprisoned them in the Millennium Items. I don't know what that means. So good several years later there's a little kid with the most ridiculous anime hair i've ever seen in my life that says a lot and he's playing card games with his friends and uh he has a weird friend named joey joey is from the bronx and he (laughs) i guess lives in japan he also has a guy with like a pointy haircut i don't remember his name and there's a girl who hangs out with them i cannot imagine why a girl would hang out with these losers and her name is t i Sorry, uh, te- actually, uh, okay. it was Taya. So thank you. They're playing a game, and the, this is very clearly like an episode one thing where they're like, "This is how the game works. This is your attack number. This is your defense number." It's like, okay, you know, you don't have to like treat me like I'm an idiot. And then immediately, I lose track of what's going on because there's another kid at their school who's sitting there reading a book, and he's apparently the ultimate game master. I don't know what that means. It me, and he gets. He seems like game pretty master. serious about this card game for children. Anyway, uh, Yugi is the main character. He is extremely small. He comes up to about my waist and he beats the pants off his friend Joey. He's like, oh, I always win because my grandpa has a card game shop, right? This is kind of like when your uncle works for Nintendo, so you're able to beat Mike, Mike Tyson's punch out and no one else can. So they go to the game shop and he's like, oh, I got a super rare card. I'm like, oh, what could this be? It's a blue eyes white dragon. Uh... Now, I know from experience, all my friends had multiple Blue Eyes White Dragons in their decks. It was like not a big deal to have one, so I don't know why this one's so rare. And they're like, ooh, look at this card, it's really nice. And they're like, oh yeah, it's a card. And this guy, his name is Seto Kaiba, or just 
Kaiba, as I've come to know him internally, comes into the game shop and demands a card. Grandpa says no. Apparently he really likes that card. And Kaiba's like, I will trade you all these other shitty cards for it. And Grandpa's like, look at my store. I'm filled with shitty cards. I don't want to give this one away. And then Kaiba's like, I will pay you anything you ask. I'm 17 years old and run a multinational conglomerate. And Grandpa says no, because apparently he has worm brain. And... <laughs> He decides, like, okay, I've got another idea. Kaiba walks out of the store. He says to his two buddies, okay, we're going to kidnap him. And it's like, then he does this weird thing where he's like, oh, I can't believe Grandpa was talking about the heart of the cards. And right now I'm on Kaiba's side because that's stupid. That's bullshit. It's like those episodes of Pokemon. It's like, it's not about winning the match. It's about loving your Pokemon. You know, that doesn't work in real life because Pokemon aren't real. So... Anyway, uh, Yugi wakes up the next morning and, oh shit, Grandpa got kidnapped over a card game, Parker. <laughs> so they go to Kaiba's multinational conglomerate for whatever fucking reason. And they, they see Grandpa stumbling out of there, like clutching his heart. He's about to have a heart attack, all right? He's about to have like a series of elaborate strokes or something, all because he lost a card game. So... Apparently, uh -huh. this is a BFD. And uh, Kaiba's like, oh, we, we decided to ante up and make sure that if you lose the game, you give up your most powerful card. And Grandpa obviously anteed his blue eyes white dragon. Kaiba takes his card. That's really rare. There's only four of them in the world, according to the show. There's only four in each of my friend's decks. And he tears it up. I'm like, what, what? What was the point of that? Uh, there's a twist. I'm about to text you. Like, what's going on? What is the dark secret of Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Masters? Or Duel Monsters? Which one is it? I don't care. And he just <laughs> uh, he just rips the thing up and he's like, oh, now it can't be used against me. I was like, but you could put it in your deck. This is like if you're a soldier on the battlefield and you find a gun and you're like, ah, I'll dismantle it. Now no one can shoot me with it. You could pick it up and shoot it at other bad guys. This is just me spitballing here. I don't exactly play Yu-Gi-Oh. So anyway, Yugi's like, oh, I'll get you. Now I'm going to play you in Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, With my grandpa's shitty deck that almost got him killed because he sucks so bad. First of all, Parker, that's really rude because grandpa put his soul into this deck. I think this is like Katana from Suicide Squad. How you could, you could just stick your soul into things now. Anyway, they're like, well, we're going to save Grandpa's life by taking him to the hospital. And Yugi's like, no, there's something I must do. Wait a second. So this game is named after this one kid? Or he's it's just like... It's called Duel Monsters, Chris. Oh, Duel Monsters. I will not tolerate this anymore. Whatever. Anyway, his, his friends are like, okay, we'll get your ailing grandfather, who, again, kind of a pussy dying because they lost a card game, to a hospital, but you go in there and take care of Kaiba and win that card back, because it's really important, more important than human life, I guess. And T start, Taya There's comes nothing up. to win back. No, wait. He owned him so hard it almost killed him, and then he ripped his prize in half. Well, some things are about pride, okay? I forgot that card got torn up, and I've been watching the show for like ten minutes. Anyway, so Taya's like, I, I got a great idea. It's a little glitch in the system here. She draws a happy face on four of their hands. <laughs> she calls it the symbol I mean, of friendship, and it's just a stupid I, happy face. You and I did something similar where we both wrote the word damaged on each other's foreheads. It's a symbol of our friendship. Anyway. And the bond we have to share until one of us kills the other. So, Taya and Tristan uh, decide to take this old fucker to the hospital. And they're like, Joey, you just stay here and be a little cheerleader for Yuki. 
I don't know. If, I don't remember. Does Joey ever actually do anything in that episode besides go, wow, they got real monsters here. Anyway. How did you know that I have a line in my notes that just says, monsters? Because <laughs> I had to pause it. Why did you watch it? I thought this was my job. Well, you watched it for the love to. of the game, I'm sure. I got to. <laughs> Shut up. Anyway, uh, so Yugi and Kaiba... I can't believe I'm saying this. They they're in this like this virtual stadium. It looks like a Roman Coliseum, and they're on these raised platforms. And when you play a card, it brings this monster, this giant monster thing, to life. I don't know why. And uh, they <laughs> decide to sweet. duel. And then something very strange happens that hasn't been explained to me yet. And I watched the first two episodes. No one said anything about it. Yugi is carrying around this big cumbersome upside down pyramid around his neck on a chain. Is this like that one rapper who would carry around that big old clock around his neck? Well, we find out that no, because it has a secret power. You can like do stuff with it. It's called the Millennium Puzzle. And if you solve it, I don't know what there is to solve. It looks pretty solved. He changes into this really, really tall version of himself with an announcer voice. It's time to duel, Kaiba. And then Kaiba is taking it back, as am I. I'd love some answers. I, if he could just do that, why doesn't he do it all the time? Why why does he walk around his little three-foot-tall munchkin version? So Warwick Davis changes into fucking... Who, who would even be the guy here? Bruce Campbell now. <laughs> and they're fighting, they're playing cards and stuff like that. And i got to be honest with you, dude. It's really tough for me to follow here. I'm looking at yugioh.wikia.com. It has a turn-by-term analysis here. Look, I don't know. So Yugi's using a deck that he's not even familiar with, but he's still holding his own. Then Kaiba, who's kind of a jerk, again, breaks out two blue eyes white dragons. Okay, so he's got a lot of these cards in there. Why not add another one? Join the party. Wouldn't it be a great idea? I think the limit to your deck is four of one card, just like in Magic the Gathering, again. Or, hell, I think Pokemon had the same rules. So he's messing out a card. Not my problem. He's about to kick Yugi's ass. And all this time, Yugi's gathering these cards he's like oh this is worthless what can i do with this i was like then why is it in the deck but i remember this i do remember that uh there was one kid that who sat at our lunch table his name was david archer i'll never forget this he also had one of each of exodia and he put him in his deck and he cheated the way that he had it is he had them all stacked one after another so he knew if he drew one piece of exodia the other pieces would come right after it, and he would win in basically like five turns. Piece of shit. Yeah, and he would always shuffle in a way that they always came one right after another. And we would call him out on it and request that we shuffle each other's decks, and he would never agree to it, so no one ever played with him anymore. That kid grew up to be a failure, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, uh, so he draws Exodia, plays it down, and it's an Exodia the Unbreakable, and he does something to Kaiba. He, he doesn't just beat him. Parker, I need your help on this. Uh, Hell yeah. This is something... Kaiba kind of screams when he loses, so he's upset about this. And I don't think he <laughs> gives up a card, so apparently he got kind of destroyed here. In fact, you could say he gets mind-crushed. What What does that mean? I have no idea what the fuck happened. There was like a glowing eye on his forehead. And, and like and the screen like breaks, it goes to like, what, inverse colors or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, it's called a mind crush, okay? And he says he you know, if you want to he says Kaiba, if you truly want to know, open your mind. I have a, if you want answers from me, you I've are spent sadly more than mistaken. 10 minutes talking about this fucking show. So let's move on to the next episode. So 
I guess Grandpa lives, right? I, Who cares? Unfortunately. Anyway, um, so Yugi and his friends, they're watching two kids battle Yugi. One of the kids' name is what? Weevil Underwood or something? <laughs> hey, can you tell me what Weevil sounds like? Sure, I can tell you what it sounds like. I got a bug deck. And it's like, so he talks like that for the entire episode, and you have to deal with him. He's for the like entire show, spoilers. What? Oh, he comes back. I thought it'd be like a one-off character. He's the world champion who also tears up his Exodia cards. What? Okay. And throws them in the ocean. Is it like a spiritual show thing? is so good. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, he wins. You'll find out, knowing what teams you pick today. You'll find out, Fred. Yeah, no, fuck you. Anyway, Yuki has... No, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win the Well, you know, game. I'll get to that I in a second. I'm saying that ironically. So, Yuki also has to... For some reason, the fact that he beat Kaiba means now he has to play some guy with silver hair who allegedly invented the game, but he's not from ancient Egypt, so that's bullshit. This guy's name is... Say it. No, you say it. No, this is your punishment. You say it. You say it. Maximilian Pegasus. Pegasus. Uh, Maximilian. How could anyone Fuck possibly off. watch the show and take it even remotely seriously? I don't know, Chrissy boy. You tell me. But, you know, he's got this long platinum hair. He's got a weird looking eye, which is called the Millennium Eye. Get anyway, it. so they find out about this fellow by sticking a VHS into a VCR, which shows how old the show is. And... After they do it, they're like, oh, come to this thing. It's like, huh, it seems like his response are carefully chosen. That's because it's magic! And he actually says that. <laughs> and he freezes time for all of Yugi's friends. And Yugi's like, hey, unfreeze him. Quit being a dick. And the guy's like, oh, no, you have to play me in timed combat. And he, they play a game, and Yugi moves a little too slow and can't beat the guy with the eye. Because the eye lets him see his cards in his hand so he's basically playing with an open hand the entire time and so he has to draw straight from the deck and just put it down and oh yeah that reminds me about the heart of the card something from the first episode i didn't mention at one point yuki's like oh this deck sucks dick how am i gonna win and uh they he draws a card and, and, and like the deck moves away he's like oh, the deck knows i don't trust in it but then he looks at his own <laughs> hand and sees that remnant of a smiley face it's like i tr my friends trust in me so i can trust in the heart of the cards I, you know, this is kind of a subtle thing, but I notice it. You can disagree if you want. I kind of feel like the show was just like a marketing ploy to sell these card games. So, what? Yeah, that's just the way I feel. Anyway, what? so something similar happens here. I guess he no. loses the heart of the cards because he doesn't trust it. He's just pulling them straight from his deck. And he loses to Maximilian Pegasus. And as a result, I think his grandpa gets sent to the Shadow Realm. He steals that old man's soul through the fucking VHS tape. Now, uh, I have done a bit of background research here. Uh, in the in, in this in this show in the Japanese uh -huh. version, uh -huh. I I heard that the Shadow Realm doesn't exist. So where did they go? That old man's soul is just in the hell somewhere, most likely, because they Japan. just die. God, I hope so. I, You'll have to find out next week, my friend. Next, well, d is there a way for them to bring Grandpa's soul back? Probably by winning a card they, game for children. So they can revive people from the dead by playing this game. 
Okay. So yeah, you were wrong. Nice. You, for some reason, predicted that Bills would beat Jacksonville. And you also predicted, what was the NFC game? You remember the NFC game? Did you get wrong? Panthers. Oh, Panthers. Well, actually, that that almost worked in your favor. I was I was nervous there for a second. So, you had to watch two episodes of Sonic Underground. How'd that one work out for you? Holy dog shit. So, what I learned while researching this show, by researching, I mean finding a torrent, was that this show is supposed to make kids interested in buying a Dreamcast. What? So imagine my surprise when the Dreamcast died horribly. <laughs> Why would anyone buy a Dreamcast after watching this fucking show? Well, Chris, let me tell you a thing about the world of Sonic Underground. Oh, please do. I found what was labeled in this torrent as episode one, Beginnings. And I believe with every fiber of my being that it's a clip show. Because every single minute we cut to a new scene with no explanation of how we got there. Or whom these people are, and I've never been more confused. So, what's like the gist of the show? What's what's the idea here? The plot. Well, so there's this planet, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to do that. Sorry, my uh, you don't have to do that. You turn that off. You fucking turn that shit off right now. Go ahead. Well, there's a royal family. It's this old lady hedgehog and her three hedgehog kids, one of which is Sonic. And Dr. Robotnik takes over this planet, and anyone who stands up against him gets turned into these half-robot, half-animal people monster slaves. That sounds fucked up. And that's just a thing explained in the first minute. So, a crocodile ghost man doing a Christopher Walken impression tells Uh... her that someday she'll reunite with her three kids and they'll overthrow Robotnik. That sounds kind of weird. Yet? Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. I'm pretty thrilled that you made me watch this. Mm-hmm. So she gives up her babies because you could... Mm. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. It, I, okay. I was my okay. friends from work. Go ahead. Nice humble brag, by the way. Uh, well. Yeah. So she gives up her babies because there's a prophecy. And that's how cartoons for babies work. So it's kind of like Moses. I can see like the biblical overtones. It's exactly like Moses. Yeah. So Sonic, he gets... <sighs> this show hurts me, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Manic the Hedgehog what? becomes a street hustler. <laughs> Their sister Sonia lives the sweet, high-class, aristocratic lifestyle. And Sonic gets tails pregnant and shrinks me and steps all over me. <laughs> Hey Parker, uh, speaking of gross fan art, you ever do that thing where you Google your your name, the Hedgehog, and you see all the gross stuff that pops up? Let me do it for you, Parker the God Hedgehog. Damn it. Prefer if he didn't. Anyway, I look at this and <laughs> those images are copyrighted by me. So please, have you done this? Have you done this? It's been many years. Let's do it now! On. Oh my God! Damn it! God fucking damn it! <laughs> It's incredible. Oh, that's amazing. I hate so much about today already. Yeah, so this is kind of unfair to all those kids in high school who were kind of weird and everyone said they they were kind of manic and they decided to Google Manic the Hedgehog. You're like, hey, he was in that show. So, uh, what happens in episode two? Oh, no, 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 no. This keeps going? We have more world building. What? That's what you call it? Oh, 
We have so much jumping around. Does it sound like scattered, like it doesn't make a lot of sense? Yeah, almost like it's So let me continue. So we see a bit of each of them with their weird foster families. And then Sonic's parents are like, hey, just run as fast as you can, my dude. So he runs off into the forest. And then robots come and arrest his parents and burn his house down. So this is kind of like the eye of the world now. It's like in Glorious Bastards, but with chili dogs. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So he gets rescued by his uncle, who is a hedgehog with a large mustache, who who Sonic refers to solely as Unk. (laughs) <laughs> you know that I'm just remembering when Andre used to call his uncle Unk Unk I may or may not have called him that the rest of us <laughs> That's good So here's how Unk talks <laughs> Oh boy look here now Oh no he's just That's like how he talks He's just like the grandpa from Silent Night Deadly Night <laughs> I'm not I will not besmirch that movie with this show Okay So first we saw him as babies and then they were teenagers, and now Sonic is an orphan, and now he's running through Dr. Robotnik's lair, and someone says, Print Sonic out loud, and then the Oracle appears, the Crocodile Man, who I told you about, appears and tells him, <sighs> Sonic, who is voiced by Jaleel Wyatt, I'll remind you, is this that he must yet? sing the song that's in his heart. Uh-huh. Absolutely not. So fucking Urkel picks up guitar and sings about home one day, they'll all be together soon. Oh. And also, all three of them have medallions that start glowing after the song ends. But wait, wait Chris. Yeah. Because Robotnik is also visited by the ghost of the Crocodile Man of Christmas Past and warned about the prophecy. And then Sonic picks up a guitar and starts playing. And then his brother and sister show up. Is it another song? Play- they start playing another song, but then a robot crashes through the wall. Oh, thank goodness. At this point, I think I'm dying because everything starts to taste like copper and nothing is making sense. But don't worry, because Robotnik sees footage of this, retinal scans the hedgehogs, and then has all of their foster parents kidnapped, (laughs) including the uncle. So Chris, you and I both combined for an old man being kidnapped for the sake of these children. Oh, why does this keep happening? I don't think this happened in Pokemon. No, we just never meet his dead dad wherever he is. I thought his dad was Giovanni. Well, if you look at the canon... I don't care. We're not doing it. Yeah, go ahead. So the three hedgehogs all meet up and high-five each other. And then the crocodile monster shows up again and tells them that it's too late and their parents are already robots now. So now they're free to learn about the powers in their medallions. Then he gives them a map and disappears. And that's how it ends. That's how the episode ends, Chris. Episode one or two. One. What? There's more? That was one episode. Jesus. Now, Chris, I skipped to an episode called Virtual Danger because it's about gaming, and I am a gamer, as you know. Well, you know, as long as you're going for the important episodes. Speaking of important, it was, it took me two episodes to realize it, but the title card font is Comic Sans. Oh, well, you would know better than I would. The show is really good. So it opens with them gaming. I already as a gamer as well. I fucking from minute one. Oh well. But as you know, I'm a gamer. I like to game. I like to read about gaming. I like to talk of men about gaming. But I don't game with women. Do you play all the latest games? Hottest, freshest games while playing some of the classics too. (laughs) I game twenty four seven three sixty five. I don't know what I expected from that question. I'm the 7-Eleven of pounding joysticks. Yes. 
Go ahead. So Manic and Sonic are gaming, and this fucking 3D whore woman hedgehog piece of garbage unplugs their game. <gasps> what? Chris, I've been talking about this shit for years. It goes back further than I could have ever imagined. These fucking women see a bunch of men having fun. They just have to stick their nose in it. Like, um, we have to stop this fascist leader from destroying our planet. Stop gaming. Game is life. Yes. Well, you know, here's the thing. This is just a precursor to all the times that women tried to take away fucking video games. It's only gotten worse, Chris. So I her have name some is Princess Sarkeesian? Or... <laughs> Falcon's offensive coordinator. <laughs> Sarkeesian the Hedgehog. <laughs> Defensive coordinator Zoe Quinn. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So uh, what happens Finish next? Frequency is rolling show. around at the speed of sound. <laughs> so they go on a mission and help land a plane with this weird VR thing, and we learn that they're the best pilots in the hashtag Hedgehog Resistance because they can game so well. Yeah, it's like Top Gun. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah. First Moses, so then about... Top Gun. <laughs> In this 20-minute episode, there's about five minutes of nonsense about stealing supply ships, and there's just no way you could possibly get me to care. Because I was promised gaming. <laughs> but then all is well because they get back to gaming. But Sonya the Hedgehog has joined them. The whole Hedgehog clan is gaming together. And you know what I know, Chris? The family that games together stays together. Yes. Of, of course it does. And then the three of them sing a song. Oh, did, did you like it? Was it I good? I cannot fucking believe Was it about games? You tricked me into watching a show with a song every week <laughs> since we started. When I fucking went to the Wikipedia episode list and it was like, episode title, air date, written by, directed by, episode song, I thought my heart was going to stop. <laughs> I cannot believe but it. But what was the video game song about? It was about games, I hope. It was just about keeping your shield up and not letting your guard down. Which is so exactly like technically, right? what happens later on. Exactly. Yeah, totally. So they get back to gaming, and they're playing online with this giant monster man who sends them a file. He tells them he made the game, and he sends them a file to install, and they just do it, no questions asked. I would do Show it. for children, where the strange man on the internet says, hey, download this, and they're like, all right, cool. I don't see what the big deal is here. You're making a big deal out of nothing. Good thing that Dreamcast couldn't go online. Oh. <laughs> Oops. Well, you know. So this weird-looking monster has the Jewiest voice I've ever heard in a TV show. It's like, I can't understand why that voice would come out of this hideous monster. Oh. <laughs> is it, is oh. it, does it sound anything like Santa's voice and Grandma got run over by a reindeer? <laughs> it's, it's somehow more offensive. <laughs> the fact that he's this hideous monster is somehow even worse. Oh. What's... So he sends them yet another download. It They install it yet again. But guess what? It was all a trap. The old man on the internet tricked these boys online, and now they're really going to pay for oh, it. Oh, jeez. It was probably robotic turns, the whole time. Oh, man, it turns out this online game was a vi was a fucking trick. Just like America's Army, that FPS game that was developed by the Army to train neats to merc brown kids. <laughs> so they're teleported to the game, and Robotnik starts flying after them in a spaceship and lets them know if they die in the game, they die for real. And that's not a joke, Chris. <laughs> that happened. I just like to think that that line was verbatim. <laughs> it's close enough. Okay. So we meet a lion named Cyrus, 
and it's at this point I have to like rewind it because I spent about three and a half minutes imagining John Malkovich talking to Hedgehog. Oh, hell yeah. It really fucked my whole thing up because I was trying to get to bed. So he agrees to help Sonya get her brothers back. So he puts her in the game for some reason, but he says he'll try and disable the satellite dish. There's four minutes left in this episode. <laughs> and it's at this point, I nearly die because I realize Robotnik sounds exactly like the Sebastian Gorka impression. <laughs> and I had to pause it. I had to take a walk outside and really rethink things. <laughs> it fucked my whole world up. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> it's moved quite quickly yeah, that's... on Planet Movies. <laughs> Events move faster than anything else alive. Uh, so this show There's ends. Screen of sound, Mister Chapo. <laughs> so Robotnik has some dead to rights, but then the sister flies in and saves them, and they run around. And he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna get you!" But then Cyrus finds a satellite dish, which is literally just a giant satellite dish, and then cuts a wire, and then they come out of the game. What? So Robotnik's really cheese, and he's like, Ah, next time, Sonic! And then the hedgehogs celebrate by emptying out the Robotnik's cargo ships, and then using the video game headsets to 9-11 the ships right into Robotnik's face. Oh my god! (laughs) And then, in an ending that you're not prepared for, Sonic looks at the camera and says, Game over, Butnik! (laughs) And that's the last episode of the series! That's how it ended! Wait, they don't even have, like, a moral at the end of the story? Like, no, Sailor Moon would be like, Hey, kids, video games can be fun, but don't play them too much, okay? calls him Butnik, and the show is dead forever. Well? I will never forgive you for this. <sighs> if I never forgive you, I mean, looking at the picks, I'm going to be watching at least three more. Well, looking at the the picks, God, and I have to find a new show for you, because, really, we can't do Sonic Underground anymore. I think there's not a whole lot of meat on that show, so i got to find an episode of Jackie Chan Adventures that has a song in it. You anyway, the first game is the Patriots versus the Titans. Well, we all know who I'm picking. <clears throat> How did we get here, Chris? Well, the Patriots played fair and square, as they always do, and they played yeah. really well. It's excellent roster composition by Bill Belichick, the best coach in history, and you know, Tom Brady having an MVP season. So we're going to long dick them, and it's going to be hard, and they're going to have to bite the pillow for it because we're not going to be easy on them. I don't see any way that they could win unless they use Derrick Henry and really take advantage of the poor front seven that the Patriots have. I mean, I have nightmares about Landon Roberts doing, well, anything on the field. At this point, we'd be better playing off with 10 people than having Landon Roberts on the field at all. Well, you look at last week, you look at the Chiefs and Titans, and it could all be boiled down to the sentence, Andy Reid does it again. <laughs> that was one of the all most you... Andy Reid games I've ever seen since Super Bowl Thirty Nine. It was incredible. The Chiefs become the first team in playoff history to blow two different games while leading by 18 or more at halftime. How is your legacy? <laughs> He's never going to win a Super Bowl, and it's awesome. So, uh, you're going with no, the Titans, remember, I guess? Chris. When I picked the Titans last week and I said he would have to, Mariota would have to overcome the fucking <laughs> piccolo weighted clothes that is his coaching staff. <laughs> and then as soon as the game ends, it comes out that Mariota called all of his own plays after the first quarter. Oh. I am a goddamn future seer, Chris. Oh my god. I have prophesied. I'm afraid you know now. <laughs> I feel so bad for him, though. He was fucking this close to having Josh McDaniels as his coach for the next five years. And now that they eked out a one-point win, he's stuck with Mike Malarkey again. 
Well, I, I don't even so know how to feel different. about, you know, the head coaching prospects of one Josh McDaniels, but we'll see how that one even goes. I mean, when your option is Mike Malarkey. My dad's favorite Jesus. word, by the way. I I believe he has a lot more colorful words to say this time. No, he's, he's from New England. He's not one of your family members. So the other is... Yeah, there's no one racist up in New England. You no, me. there isn't. We're all good. So there's also the other AFC game, the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm taking the upset here. I'm picking Jacksonville. God damn it. By the way, you so are picking the Titans versus the Patriots, right? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, it sucks to be you. Okay, so the again, fact Jacksonville that New England's going to win by fucking 30, I'm going to have to sit here and watch another children's cartoon. Oh, I'm going to find a good one for you. It's going to have like three songs. Biblical ass pounding. <laughs> Titans are gonna fucking take. now Jacksonville. They beat Pittsburgh in the regular season, right? Yes, they picked off Ben five times. I don't see why it won't happen again. Honestly, I think Jalen Ramsey is playing lights out this season, and AJ Boye might be even better. So you have what a hobbled uh, Antonio Brown. Juju Smith-Schuster is good. I'm gonna give him that. But Martavis Bryant, you know, he's out there, I, and he's looking all right. But I don't think that he's good enough to contend with either Boy or Jalen Ramsey. Personally, I put Ramsey on Juju Smith-Schuster. I think that, you know, uh, Smith-Schuster is a, a larger wide receiver. But Ramsey, I think, is just so physical, and he really wins the point of attack. So he's one of the guys that I would put on Juju. As, for, as to whether Antonio Brown plays, I know he says he's going to play. But, I mean, he's got an ankle injury. That could really hurt him. I would probably put Jalen Ramsey on him if he's, like, really full to go. But for, like, the opening series, I'd probably put him on Juju. Well, I mean, the odds are in the Steelers' favor that sooner or later in this game, they're going to score a touchdown. Probably. And the question is, can Blake Bortles answer? That is the central question. What part? We don't know. Of any of the last five weeks makes you think Blake Bortles will answer the call. Well, nothing of the past like eight weeks, but you know, because he did get mind fucked by all of the San Francisco 49ers, and especially our boy Jimmy Garoppolo, my adult son, yeah. who I love. Oh, he is my best friend, and I know him. But <laughs> meanwhile, you got like the linebackers for Jacksonville, Paul Posloads and Miles Jack me off. So they're going to have a good game. So I, I am waiting all week for that. Yeah. And Yannick Nagakue, oh. real name, and Calais you, Campbell uh, and Marcel did Darius. You see, did you see what our friend Yannick was tweeting after the game last Yeah, week? apparently Richie Incognito was dropping racial epithets, but the left tackle for the Buffalo Bills denied it. So. I was going to ask you which Bill's lineman it was and see how many guesses it took you to guess it was Richie Incognito. Oh, yeah, like I wouldn't immediately know that. <laughs> On behalf of the whole Incognito family, I'd like to apologize for my friend Richie calling him little homie gay ass. <laughs> it's, there's no place for it in this league, and that's not what this game's about. <laughs> well, <laughs> God, it almost the Bills waited 18 years to score three points and get called racist. <laughs> Football fucking rules. Do you, did you see how many videos the Bills had of them just slamming themselves through tables? <laughs> so, they're just fucking Vine comps. But instead, <laughs> it's just white dudes doing Randy Savage elbow drops through plastic tables. It, it is better than anything that has ever been on World Star Hip Hop. Hottest take I've ever spat. You know what? I support you in it. You know, this is why we need the Bills in the playoffs more often. If it gives us more videos like this, I'm all for it, dude. 
By the way, the best quote of last weekend was Chris Carter saying that Tony Romo was the best quarterback at the Bills Jags game. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's absolutely correct. Yeah. I see Tony, and I love you, and you're my friend and cool. Yeah. Well, uh, he's also my friend. So, the. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot. I wrote down the. <laughs> when Chris Sims went on the Dan Levitt show. Oh, we gotta say Bortles. this one. We have gotta say this one. <laughs> he said Bortles was the 70th best QB in football. Which is already laughable enough. Chris Sims has always been full of shit. This dude is such an awful uh, personality. <laughs> Baselli calls in and said the only cool thing he's ever done is almost die on the field and be related to better players. <laughs> he's not wrong. Funniest goddamn thing I've ever heard. And you can't argue with Baselli because he was one of the greatest offensive linemen to ever play. Like, 2017 was almost entirely bad for football. 2018 is <laughs> pretty good so far. Oh my goodness. It is it is a joyous, joyous time. So, the NFC. Um, I can't believe I have to pick... I have to rely on Big Ben to keep me from watching fucking Mummies Alive. <laughs> Great. They don't have any songs in their episodes, I think. So, we move they on to... a pretty sweet opening. Oh, yes, they do. Uh, now, there's also another uh, game here. The Philadelphia Eagles versus, what, the Falcons? Yeah. I'm going with Atlanta. Yeah, because they're a better team. Yeah. So now I get to try and pretend that Nick Foles is the secret weapon to keep me from watching more children's shows. Yeah, I'm sorry about this. But I will say this. In... Philadelphia's defense, they've got an incredible defense. That defensive line, Vinnie Curry, Timmy Jernigan, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, and Chris Long. <laughs> oh, sorry, buddy. Yeah, well, they also have, you know, good running backs, too. LeGarrette Blunt, Jay Ajayi, and Nick Foles. Look, all I know is it came out on Blu-ray, and I'm excited to watch my second clown show this week. <laughs> Nick Foles. <laughs> Playoff quarterback, seven touchdowns. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that'll happen. Look, Chris. To the other team. We went over this last week. Steve Sarkeesian, Zoe Quinn, Gamergate. There is nothing scarier to feminists than a straight white male gamer. And no one games harder than someone who throws seven touchdowns in a game. Did you say Refute game? Refute that. I said, dude, I fucking love games. Well, remember uh, how fun those Rams were as a story, and then you remembered halfway through the game last week, like, oh yeah, the Falcons went to the Super Bowl, and good things don't happen well, to good teams. Okay, yeah, the Falcons went to the Super Bowl last year, but that was with a much better uh, offensive coordinator. And the other part about it is that the Falcons are not the same team, and you can tell that they're not playing the same. Julio Jones is still really good, yeah, and so is Matt Ryan, but the team is just not the same. And it's like for everything that Devonte, uh, was it Devonte Coleman? What's his name? Devontae something? Devontae Freeman. Thank you. I, I was thinking of Devontae Parker the whole time. Uh, the, the offensive line is not playing anywhere Devontae near Parker as well as it did last year. And even their defense isn't playing anywhere near as fast as it played last year. Remember how fast they were last year? They're not playing anywhere near that quickly. And that speed matters. So, personally, you know, they might represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, but I really doubt it. I don't think there's any way that they could possibly get past the Minnesota Vikings, for example. I could see anyone but Philly making it to the Super Bowl. And yet I have to pick Philly. It's great. Because the Falcons linebackers are so good at just taking away that underneath pass. And Nick Foles is going to get all of his receivers hurt. Oh, he is, yes. If only they had Riley Cooper. <laughs> don't make That's a joke about him. Seeing. Don't, don't, don't. Okay, we're going to play it safe here. I'll fight every hedgehog nope. in here. Now, who do the Vikings play? 
Chris. Our main event of the weekend is the Bounty Gate Bowl. Ooh. Oh, this is a good game. Ready? This is a really good game. I gotta tell you right now. So, I have to admit, Drew Brees and the Saints, as good as they are, and I've been on them all season as being good, they obviously play a lot better in the Dome. Personally, I don't see a lot of weaknesses for the Vikings. Case Keenum is not playing lights out, but he's playing just good enough. Sometimes that's all you need. Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs, what they really do well is they create separation and it's right as soon as the ball snap. They can just get away from like a bump and run almost immediately. Thielen, I don't even know how he does that. His release is incredible. And, you know, the offensive line maybe could play a little bit better, but it's good enough to open up those holes in the run game. Meanwhile, that defense is sick. You got Everson Griffin, you got Brian Robinson. Xavier Rhodes is the lockdown corner right now, besides maybe Jalen Ramsey is up there, I guess. AJ Booyah might be better than either one of them. But Xavier Rhodes playing lights out. Harrison Smith has to be the defensive player of the year. I mean, it's a team of, you know, great defensive players, but he is just flying around, making plays. He's just so solid at everything he does. I wish he was on our team playing wide receiver. <laughs> God damn it, you and your fucking quarterbacks at receiver. And Chad Greenway and is probably Burster. still on that team. Oh, man. Is he? I don't... Do you think he'll just die on the field? Do you think he hasn't already? <laughs> His ghost still haunts that new stadium. That's why they had to switch stadiums, actually. Yeah. His ghost just haunted the old one they had to get out of there. Yeah, it's like the end of that one movie where the house collapses into the ground. <laughs> that was Chad Greenway dying. It's sucking <laughs> the stadium in with him. <laughs> <laughs> now... I feel like this is going to play out exactly like their game did earlier this season. I feel like Sam Bradford and rookie sensation Dalvin Cook are going to yeah. really just light up Adrian Peterson. Your thoughts? Uh, I well, 2017 was the longest year of my fucking life, Chris. Adrian... That doesn't sound like the same mm, season. Adrian Peterson's in Arizona, isn't he? Yes, and Dalvin Cook's injured. That's the joke, my friend. Oh, I wasn't listening. Well, either way... God been... damn it! <laughs> Uh, the one weakness that I would say that Minnesota has is I don't think they have a quality tight end. Who is their tight end? Isn't it still like Kyle Rudolph? Man, remember him. Remember when he was like almost like almost, 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 almost as good as Gronk? Like he was blocking well is basically what I'm saying. Now he can't block and now he can't catch. I completely forgot about him. He used to be good as hell. Yeah, well, I guess he can catch, but he doesn't catch as well as he used to. But he definitely can't block anymore. I think the real question for this game is, if you're a Saint, or if you're a Vikings fan, would you rather lose this game by 20, just get fucking blown out of there, or miss a last-second field goal? Ooh. Which one would you rather have? Imagine, like, the camera pans into Blair Walsh just quickly leaving the VIP box he somehow got. <laughs> with, a, with, a, with a sly smile on his face and just snapping his fingers. Ripping off his jacket like Superman. He's, I'm coming! At this point, he's just like the G-Man from Half-Life. Everywhere he goes, something <laughs> terrible happens. He was at the end of the BCS National Championship. Oh my god. Man, speaking of the end of that game... What if we have an Alabama situation and they fucking Bridgewater goes in the fourth quarter and wins it? Could you imagine? Uh, I think everyone in America would smile. It would be a beautiful story right as they got torn apart next week. <laughs> They'd lose to the fucking Nick Foles Eagles next week and just ruin football for me forever. Uh, and then we'd have to rely on the beautiful, noble, perfect Patriots to defeat them. God, it's going to own when the Patriots somehow lose to Tennessee. 
But they're not. Uh-huh. Sure. Anyway. It is going to be a biblical ass pounding not seen since the torching of Sodom and Gamera by the giant turtle monster. Uh, okay. I can't believe you did that one. All right. So we do need to choose a show for you. Am I still stuck watching this you, fucking Yu-Gi-Oh? You had questions and Yu-Gi-Oh has answers. What? But I might jump around and find much funnier ones for you. Ah, fantastic! We'll I love watching. Depending shows on this. how this weekend, well, goes. I think we know that a you know following a linear story is going to be out of the question for this stupid ass show. Well, um, your move, Parker. I got a show for you now. Do you remember Teen Titans? Unfortunately, yeah. Well, they remade it. They call it Teen Titans Go, and apparently they're making a movie about it. And you were teasing me about it. You're not watching Teen uh. Titans. And you're not watching uh-huh. Teen Titans Go. Instead, uh-huh. you're watching an episode of Hi Hi Puffy Ami Yumi. You fucking piece of shit. You have to be kidding me. <laughs> no. How did you remember this? I don't even know how I did it. I went to like the Wikipedia for <gasps> Toonami. I was just like, oh, let's choose one of these. I'm sure one of these has a song. Hi Hi. I don't fucking even know where it came from. I was just, oh my god, remember that fucking show. So, you're going to watch it, and... God, I hope there's a fucking song. I hope one of these has, like, a song, and you have to listen to it. Oh, I'm going to remember this. <laughs> Parker will remember this. Oh, wait. There's... there's If you get the DVD, there's a bonus feature that says, Dance a Go-Go, Totally Trivial Trivia Track. Oh. Yeah. Cool. So, that's... You could do that. Yeah, I could, couldn't I? I could do a lot of things. could rethink a lot of things in my life. Yeah. Like this podcast. Oh, don't I know it. (laughs) 